Welcome to the Painting Experience Podcast for June 2014. On the Painting Experience Podcast, founder Stuart Cubley explores the potential of the emerging field of process arts and shares inspiration and insights from his ongoing workshops and retreats. Today's episode takes you on a journey where the conscious mind surrenders and the creative source itself does the work of painting. A defining principle of process painting is not interpreting, not having an overriding story, not creating a narrative that explains the things that arise in the painting. And this is not something very accessible. It's in fact quite radical, I would say, because we are so used to building a narrative. And of course, most narratives are self-referenced in some fashion. They mean something about us. They mean something about our world. And we're really used to doing it. And it certainly comes up really strongly once you begin to paint. Once you begin to take a brush in hand and dip it in the color and go to the canvas or the paper and something happens. Something shows up. There's a stroke. There's a shape. And then you say, oh, it looks like a tree. This is simply recognition. There's no interpretation yet, just a tree. The brush sort of did that. And as I go back and take more color and come back to the painting, I find that, oh, the branches, they want to reach up. just feels good. And, And there's a lot of branches. They're just all reaching up towards the top of the painting and towards the sky. In fact, they're reaching so far, I'm going to add another piece of paper, and I put another piece of paper on top. And then they continue on that second sheet, and they just want to really, really reach. And there's something that feels so good about it. And I'm just cooking. I'm just really, hey, I'm, I like this kind of painting. This feels good to me. And then somebody shows up. And the idea, the way that it arises is so subtle, so insidious, but the idea might be, this is my spiritual nature. This is a statement of my reaching toward that which is beyond. And then we notice that everything slows down. In fact, it might come to a screeching halt. It's like, now we've got this big thing on our plate. We've got this expression of our spiritual yearning. And it's become an object. The very defining of it, the very ascribing a story, creating the narrative, is defining it. And now that it's defined, it's become a thing. And having become a thing, I become attached to the thing. In other words, I want this to really look good. I want this to be a a good expression of my spiritual yearning. I wouldn't want something to come into the painting that show it other than that, that wasn't even more of an expression of my spiritual yearning. In fact, you know, I think others might like this. I think, and I wonder whether this might even, heaven forbid, but I mean, it might even go in a gallery. And so you can see how the mind will take the reins and start running. And I'll often ask, uh, at a certain point when I see this happening, in the process, I'll ask someone, is the painting leading the story or the story leading the painting? 
It's a very interesting question because you can see how the very birth of the tree came out of not knowing. There was no agenda, there was no assignment, there was no goal in which I was trying to accomplish. I was just picked up a brush and all of a sudden that motion came, which is very visceral, very energetic, very somatic, very directly coming from the unconscious, from the creative source. And then the movement itself felt really delicious to me. And there was just a, a total immersion. There was no separation between me and painting until the idea arose. And as soon as the idea arose, then there's confusion that sets in, and there's separation, and there's blockage, and there's limitation, and there's control. Then there's the need to control the outcome. Then there's the need to manipulate it, to have it turn out the way you want it. And there's also the fear of ruining it. Because now it says something, and you don't want that to change. You want it to say more of that. So your preferences have come into play. So you can see how quickly this happens. And it, it's amazing how subtle it is, because we live with it in our lives. And we don't really realize how quickly that happens, how unconsciously it happens. So this challenges some pretty basic assumptions, I think, that we have about the nature of our experience and it, it challenges the very assumption of meaning because we believe I think in a rather traditional way that the meaning has to do with the story the meaning has to do with the overall interpretation with the conclusion that we can carry away from the experience that the meaning is somehow identified with the conclusion that we've come up with and uh, maybe it's a call to action, something that we should do in our lives, or maybe it's something to pay attention to, but we have a conclusion. And so, for me, the essential question here is, who is doing the work, really, in process painting, which is a tool for self-exploration, which is a type of meditation? Who is doing the work? Is it you, as, you, as a conscious entity, which, if it is, then needs to draw conclusions and carry something away from the experience? Or is it the unconscious itself that's doing the work? Is it the creative source itself that's doing the work? And therefore that you don't need to do that work. That you don't need to be the interpreter. You don't need to be the organizer. And you don't need to be the administrator of the experience. So what would that mean? Well, if we come back to the painting of the tree, the awareness at some point recognizes the tangent that the mind has gone off on and says, okay, thank you for sharing. I'm going to come back and listen to what my body wants to do. And, you know, this whole time that I got so identified with my spiritual yearning, I was noticing little pink flowers in those branches. I keep seeing them. But I was afraid to do them. I thought it might not look spiritual enough or that I might, you know, I don't really know how to paint, really. They look like cherry blossoms, but I would really blow it if I painted cherry blossoms. But now, having woken up again, because as soon as you jump on a narrative and have a story, you go to sleep. It's a type of sleep. So having woken up again and saying, okay, 
I hear you. Thank you for sharing. I see these pink flowers. I'm going to paint these pink flowers. So then you take a, a smaller brush, perhaps, and you find yourself painting these. Or maybe it's a bigger brush, and the very way that you blob on to these bare branches, and there's something about blobbing this, this pink, it just feels really good. And it's really clear to me that I've got a lot of it to do. And in that process, again, there's no division. There's no time either. Time disappears. There's no sense of waiting for them to be over because I'm enjoying it so much. They, they belong there. They so belong there that there's no concern in me about getting on to the next thing or what I'll do next. It's just this is it. Only this. This is it. So then I'm back in the flow. And then the narrative is not running the painting. Now, I might still have this sort of idea in the back of my mind that, oh, this is something to do with my spiritual nature, but it's not running the painting. You see, the, the painting is leading, not the story. Now, of course, this may be more challenging to do with certain types of images and certain types of uh, things that arise in your painting. For example, if a person is a part of your painting, and perhaps even someone you know, maybe a family member, uh, maybe your mother. And so it's more challenging, of course, in a situation like that, not to have a story. You have this whole background, of course, with your mother, with any other person. You have the, the history, you have all the feelings, you have all the experiences. So to be able to hold this in a context of not knowing, and to not have a narrative tacked onto it is more challenging and yet still the same principle because it is possible to recognize imagery in your painting, to recognize presences that show up, to recognize people, but yet not to know what you're trying to say, not to know where it should go, not to know what would make sense. But again, to go back to the listening, the quality of listening in which you're creating a space. It is your mother. But what next? What's around her? Where's the energy? Where does it call me? What color? You're coming back to this basic quality of listening, which requires a, a kind of spaciousness in which you're creating a place for something to arrive rather than hastily filling it in because you want it to fit or that maybe you're uncomfortable with that space. It requires some courage actually to be willing to create this quality of spaciousness in which the unconscious speaks to us. We can't be jumping the gun. We can't be filling it up on our own. We have to let it come. And and then of course there's the uncertainty because the certainty comes through the quality of feeling and the strength of the image and color that arises, the quality of presence of the thing that shows up, but there's never a certainty like, okay, now it's really clear, this is what I do. And so it's being willing to find your way step by step. It's never going to give you 10 steps down the road. It's going to give you the next step. Are you comfortable with just having the next step? The narrative wants to create the overriding scenario, in which case you do know the next 10 steps down the road. There's a certain security in having the narrative, but 
if you're willing to create this quality of listening, this quality of spaciousness in which the creative source can speak to you directly in a way that's non-logical, that's not coming from the conscious mind, in a way that's much wilder, much more profound, having connection with the mystery, that requires a willingness not to know and a willingness to put aside our immediate tendency to interpret. And this is part of the learning that is so fascinating and so deepening that occurs through the process painting. So you step back and you open the space and you don't, you're not sure, but you know you've been feeling something down below. There's just this trunk and it's been truncated. It's finally going to be stopped. And you feel like, that's got to go down. I feel like it wants to go down. And it's a darker color and you're taking this darker color and all of a sudden they're becoming roots. And they want to extend. And, oh my God, I've got to add another piece of paper on the bottom. The, the roots have to go further. And then the roots are going way, way, way down. And, and again, the arm is enjoying it. The brush loves putting these, these roots there. And then you're taking a little brush, and all of a sudden, another idea pops in your mind. And you think, ah, this is me getting grounded so the top is my spiritual yearning, and the bottom, this, what I'm painting now, is my groundedness, my connection with the earth. And I've got the full monte going on here. I've got the connection with the earth and the connection with the spirit, the reaching for the spirit, and it's a whole beautiful statement of da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And again, the mind steps in, and you'll notice the energy stops. Because you start to think, okay, now how can I make this, how can I express groundedness more? How would I put something in here that, that would really, uh, you know, what would, uh, I could, I'm trying to think, you start trying to think, like, what would make sense here with groundedness? How would I, how would I come up with, with that? Uh, let's see, uh, what, and then, you know, you're thinking. And you'll notice there's a contraction in the psyche, and there's a blockage that occurs and and again the painting becomes precious on some level where you've got to do the right thing because now you have the idea of what you're trying to say and you, you could do the wrong thing it might not express the idea whereas before when you're in the flow you didn't know what you're trying to express you're moving with the just the, the joy of the expression itself but you're you, there was no goal to express so hopefully the awareness comes to the fore again, you wake up again and you say, aha, there I was doing it again. So tell me, what does the body want me to do with these roots? Where does this want to go? And you find, oh, that little brush I picked up, I, it wants to do these delicate, delicate, delicate little roots. And maybe another hour goes by and all you can be doing is these, these delicate roots and you've had myriad times when the mind has come up and objected to what you're doing and telling you that you're wasting your time and you're being compulsive and and uh, you'll be doing roots for the rest of your life and other people are painting more paintings than you are and you should be producing more so and you've had to say thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you i i understand that you're frightened and that you're not used to not being in control but uh, this is what i'm doing and so there's this kind of dance that occurs in this process of entering rather deeply the flow of the unconscious, the flow of the creative source, and trusting that and recognizing that there's a meaning in that. 
there's a meaning in the expression of that. There's a meaning in the listening. There's a meaning in the giving birth to what it portrays. And there's a meaning in the conclusion of it. There's a meaning in the sticking with it. There's a meaning in being willing to go to the end of it, to stay with it, until the next thing happens. And for me, that's, that is the true meaning. It's not the interpretation of the content. The meaning is in the doing. The meaning is in the joining forces with the power of the unconscious, with the power of the creative source. And this is where real change happens. It's not through having some idea of what you painted and what it means about you in your life. That the, the very living of the experience is, is a vital transformation. That, that you have contacted something which is not coming from your mind and you have given credibility to it and you have believed in it and you still don't know, most likely, you don't really know what happened except you, you can feel that is complete, often you feel rather deepened, moved, uplifted. And something often happens towards the end that's surprising to you and connects you more deeply with a mystery. And for example, you might be looking back, okay, now I've finished all my roots. And you look back and, and you see, oh my gosh, there's this, there's this dark form next to the tree. It's big. It's like a big rock or something. It's grayish and kind of blackish and kind of a. And you might feel a little apprehension, especially having come this far, having put this amount of detail in the painting, having kind of liking it, getting a little attached to it. And yet, that dark form has got a lot of energy. I don't know how it's going to turn out. It could really blow the painting, but it's got energy. And so you take this big brush and you're painting this great big black dark gray form next to the next to the tree. And you realize, oh my gosh, it looks like a tombstone. But I don't want any tombstone. This is not about death. This is not about da 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 da. The mind is going to object. What are you doing? You're being macabre. Oh, it's just because you're being really trite. And sometimes you can tell by the strength of the objection that the conscious mind has to what you're doing is a good indicator that you're on the right path. It would only object that strongly if it felt threatened that you're actually onto something. And so here's this black form and it's turning into a tombstone. And I put a cross on it. Oh my God. But that's cool. That's got energy. It's totally changed the painting. And right now, the energy of this excitement and of this kind of unknown and this kind of mystery revealing itself is much more important to me than maintaining the nice painting that I had. And then, oh my God, there's something else. There are blue tears coming from this rock, from this tombstone. That totally doesn't make sense. Tombstones don't cry. Rocks don't cry. I mean, this is getting totally out of control. I'm not going to do it. There's no way I'm going to put those blue tears in this painting. It's stupid. That is so stupid. So I attempt to do something else, maybe. Or maybe I think I'm take a break. Or maybe I'm done. I try to convince myself I'm done. But the fact is, they won't go away. Those blue tears won't go away. So finally, I gather the courage, I start a few blue tears, and I find that they just want to pour down that 
that black surface of the tombstone. They're just pouring down. It's weeping. It's just totally weeping. And it's pooling down below. And there's this lake of, of tears down below. So this is the kind of release. This is the kind of giving over of control that can happen if you don't cling to the narrative. If you actually are open and listen and stay in not knowing and, and keep your feet in the process and listen to your body and listen to the energy of the moment and listen to what arises in the imagination and then have the courage to give it form and which means the courage to to let go of the the perfection of the form to let go of the idea of what you think the form should become and so you see this dance that goes on between the mind wanting to control and this deeper part of ourselves that comes from a much more profound source and that is really the place where real change happens it's not through defining the painting that's going to have any significance really it's going to be through living it so this is quite a radical approach because I think on, on many different levels we do believe that we have to walk away with something in our pocket that we have to have some conclusion and say, okay, this is what I learned from that experience. And I'm saying, no, no, that's small change. Are you willing to settle for small change? All right, plenty of more to be explored in this, uh, in this vein, I'm sure. Um, I hope this has been helpful. And I look forward to talking to you another time. Thank you. You can learn more about the painting experience and find a list of upcoming process painting workshops by visiting our website at www.processarts.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. The theme music for this podcast comes from Stefan Jacob. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again soon.